0: Um, uh, this morning, what we're going to do is uh, kind of an interesting deal. I, I want to give you a, a definition of a word first, and, and then uh, and, and then we're going to try to like uh, sort of just act that word out, uh, so to speak. The word is amplification. Uh, it's a big word uh, for me. At least I had to look up what it meant. Uh, it means uh, different things depending on what field uh, you are in. So, for instance, if you're in the field of, like, um, audio sound stuff, amplification is the process of increasing the volume of a sound. So you make something louder, not necessarily better sounding, but you make something louder, right? That's what amplification is. Um, On the other hand, if you're like an English teacher and in an English class, um, amplification is the action of enlarging upon or adding detail to a story or a statement. Right? It's the action of enlarging upon or adding detail to a story or statement. In other words, this is Pastor Dave's way of explaining it. You say the same thing with more detail. Right, That's what amplification is. You say the same thing over and over, but you add detail um, each time as you go along. Let me give you some examples. A normal sentence <clears throat> would be this. I think I'm getting sick. A sentence using amplification goes like this. I think I'm getting sick. I've been experiencing terrible headaches. And I've got some drainage. And I've just begun developing a sore throat as well. See, you take the same idea, but you add in more detail. Here's another example. Um, The assignment was complicated. (laughs) Uh, Here's the sentence using amplification. The assignment was complicated because it involved numerous steps. Uh, I believe I became lost on step three, but I'm not really sure. Uh, I may have even miscalculated my uh, step four here as well. So can you help me? a sentence using amplification. So um, here's the deal, right? Uh, John uses amplification all the time. It's his primary way of writing. And uh, I feel a little bit bad telling you that in chapter 4, right? I mean, I probably should have made that clearer in chapter 1, right? So you could have been reading this and understood it better on your own but but john uses amplification all the time it's that process of making the small picture bigger of saying something quietly and then saying it over and over again so that it gets louder and louder and so what we're going to do today is kind of simple uh, but I hope that it's helpful to your own heart as you see what John's trying to do. We're going to look at two truths from John chapter 4. Uh, and the two truths are, are, are truths that we just want to build our life around. They're two truths that, um, that, that make a significant impact uh, on our life. And, uh, and so we just want to, want to do that amplification thing, right? So, so the first truth is this, what I told the kids, right? You are loved by God so crystal clear as we walk through uh, John, uh, both his gospel and 1 John. You are loved by God. Um, <clears throat> so, so here's the, the first one, right? Um, this is 1 John chapter 4, verse eight. Uh, he says real clear, right? God is love. Now that doesn't say that you are loved, but we just have to kind of take this uh, and, and see it, right? God is love, 1 John uh, 4, verse eight. N- notice that that's like his character. That's his nature. It's just who God is. Um, Just like um, you might say that the sun is bright, you would say that God is love. Just like you would say that water is wet, (laughs) you would say God is love. uh, Love is just part of the, the nature and the character of God. It's who he is at his core. And so love just kind of emanates out from him. It just uh, pours out of him, so to speak. It's who he is. And so everywhere he goes or everything he touches, he, he shows and expresses love to you, to us, to the world. And so if we just kind of look at the writing of John, right, here, here's a second one. This is 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. We, we saw it earlier. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, <clears throat> that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. There's a lot of big words in that little uh, phrase right there, but but First John 4, 9, and 10 is powerful, right? It says that God uh, manifested his love. That means he revealed it. It used to be hidden. Uh, it used to be maybe secret, and God somehow revealed it. He somehow showed it to us. And the way that he revealed it, his love, the way that he showed his love is by sending Jesus. He sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Uh, Last week, we talked about how uh, our original state is a state of death. John says, hey, we pass from death into life. Um, Our original state is a a state of of not being able to do anything. And and what Jesus does is he comes and he makes us alive. Uh, God shows his love by sending Jesus to give us life. And then we get that word propitiation in there. Uh, we've been talking about that word as the final sacrifice. Um, another way to kind of talk about that is uh, propitiation is like to appease somebody or, or to satisfy somebody. So uh, somebody has a standard or, or a certain uh, thing that needs to be done, and a propitiation would be somebody that appeases that or meets that standard, somebody who satisfies that standard. Uh, so the sense is that um, uh, God, as a just God, must punish sin. Uh, uh, he must pour out his wrath on sinful things, things that are broken and don't work the way that, that he intended them for, for them to work. And, and what Jesus does is he comes and he, he satisfies that standard. He satisfies the wrath of God so that it's no longer poured out on us, but only on him. Uh, God shows his love by sending Jesus so we might live through him and that he might appease or satisfy God. The third one, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Uh, John says, hey, God has a love for us, and we have come to know, and we're continuing to know, uh, to learn more and more about the love of God. Uh, another one, 1 John John 3, verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers So this is a powerful one, right? We looked at this last week. Uh, We had the dead guy on the floor—not a real dead guy. If you didn't watch, I probably shouldn't say it like that, right? But we had somebody pretending to be dead on the floor, and, uh, and and we and we talked about how Jesus laid down His life so that we might have life instead. Right? God showed His love by by laying down His life for us. Uh, a fifth one, right, First uh, John 3 verse 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Uh, so right there, John is saying, hey, look, the Father has love, and that love is shown by him adopting us, choosing us to be part of his family. The way that we get in the family is by a father who looks at us and says, hey, you're mine. I want you. He declares us. He makes us to be part of his family. And then if we go outside of First uh, John, right, John three sixteen. it's behind me on the wall. Uh, the, the last one, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. Over and over and over again, John sounds this note. He, he starts with a small picture and then makes it bigger and bigger as we go. Um, you might say this is amplification times six. I don't know, how big do amplifiers go? Do they go up to 10 or, or five or? Oh, it depends. They could be 20. Uh, uh, I don't know. All right, So amplification times six right here is what we've got. And, and we just have to think about why does John do this? Um, I don't know about you, but from my standpoint, we often tend to forget that we are loved by God. That I tend to forget that I am loved by God. Um, so often we, we kind of take one of two routes, right? We, we act like or think that we need to prove ourselves, that we need to earn it, uh, either in our relationship with other people or even of our relationship with God. And so John sounds this note over and over and over again so we would know, no, no, you are approved of already. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to earn it because Jesus has already approved of you through his death and through his resurrection. The other thing that we tend to do is we tend to really focus on the moments that lack love in our life. Man, we, we just kind of live in a culture and in a world that uh, you could go all day long and feel completely unnoticed. And, and, and when we feel unnoticed, we really feel unloved. And that doesn't even mention the moments where somebody says something mean towards you, or they, they say that they don't like something that you did, or, or even they just have a different you know, stance on something than you have, and, and they say it really loudly and a little bit aggressively. And all those things kind of add up to you feeling unloved. And so what John does is he sounds this note over and over and over again so that you can know without a shadow of a doubt that you are loved by God. You are loved by God. Uh, the second truth that we see over and over and over again in, uh, in John is this truth that, uh, that we should love others. Uh, so this is pretty interesting. We're going to start outside of First uh, John and, and then turn up the volume as we move into First uh, John chapter 4. We'll actually start in the Gospel of John. This is John chapter 13, verse 34. This is Jesus himself speaking. Here's what he says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. The second one, next verse, right? Chapter 13, verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another here's the third one uh, sounds the same right this is still Jesus speaking John chapter 15 this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you <clears throat> uh, John 1517. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. And then we jump into First John here, uh, finally, right? This is number five. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We looked at this a few weeks ago, and we talked about how uh, John is saying, hey, look, the things that I'm saying are not new things. These are old things. Uh, what he's doing is he's saying, look, you've heard this message from the beginning. That's at least from the beginning of their relationship with Jesus, and maybe even way, way thousands of years older to the book of Leviticus, right? You love your neighbor as yourself, Leviticus said. And and, and so um, John just says, hey, look, this is an old message, and the message is we should love one another, 1 John 3.11. Uh, the next one, 1 John 3, verse 23. This is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and... You guessed it, love one another just as he has commanded us. Um, uh, uh, the seventh one, uh, this is uh, finally into chapter four. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So, so this is kind of cool, right? But just to remember that love is from God, it's part of his character, it's part of his nature, w- which means that love is not from you (laughs) this is really powerful it's really helped me in my own life and my interactions with people love is not about your feelings Uh, love is not about how you're being treated love comes from god and since it comes from god that means it doesn't come from you Uh, the other thing to see here right in first john 4 7 uh, when you love you are acting like one of god's kids it says that when you love others, that, that it will be more clear to you and to people around you that you are born of God and that you know God. So um, as you love other people around you, you are acting like one of God's kids. Kind of like my boys might imitate something that I do. Um, we imitate what God does and who God is when we love other people. Um, eighth one, uh, 1 John four eleven. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So uh, the message is clear there, right? God loved us by, by sending uh, Jesus into the world to, to be present with us and, and to sacrifice himself for us. And so we should love other people in the same way. Uh, uh, there's so much love in just being present with people. So often we try to do something or, or say something, and, and then it all goes wrong. And what we want to see is that God sent Jesus to just be present in the world with us. So there's so much power in just being present with people. And, and yes, we're invited to sacrifice. We're invited to put them ahead of ourselves but there's so much power in just being present with people and then looking for those opportunities to, to, to sacrifice something of ourself for them. And then that little word ought, right? It means obligation. Um, uh, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Um, which is to say, again, right? Love isn't from you. <laughs> it's from God. And, and God shares that love with you as a gift. And and, and really then, uh, he, we should do with that gift as God intends. Um, love doesn't stop with us. It's meant to be moved forward to somebody else. Ought, obligation. Uh, uh, the ninth one here, uh, chapter uh, 4, verse 12, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Uh, This is so cool, right? Because uh, there's just like this this thing that um, uh, no one has ever seen God, right? And that kind of feels like a random statement uh, here in 1 John Um, 4.12. But the point is that, hey, nobody's ever seen God, but they see you. You can't really see love, but you can experience love through somebody else. And so John's just kind of drawn this out and say, look, um, they, they can't see God, but they can see you. They can't see love. It's intangible, but they can experience love through you. And so they get to see God through your love of them. You get to be Jesus to people right where you are, right where you live and work and play. And then that language, right, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Uh, it might mean one of two things, or, or maybe both things. His love is perfected. Uh, that means that uh, his love is full or, or complete only when we give it away. Uh, or maybe even uh, it means uh, love um, uh, reaches its aim, its goal, <laughs> not when it lands in your hands and on your heart, but when it passes through you to somebody else. Love is perfected. Right when you love somebody else, it, it it lands in your hands and heart, and then it passes through you to somebody else. So by my count, that's amplification by ten. Uh, the dial goes all the way up to ten. Uh, we love one another, um, and, and oh, here's uh, one more probably. First John four nineteen. We love because he first loved us. Uh, I love that one in our house. It's an easy verse to memorize. And, and we always kind of make sure, hey, you don't love because your brother shared your snack with you. Uh, we, don't, we don't love because your brother shared that thing that you want to play with and he's got right now. No, 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 we love because he first loved us. Amplification times 10. Why do you think John spends so much time, even more time saying, hey, love one another, than he says, hey, you're loved by God. Well, I would just uh, sort of pause for a moment and ask you, do you actually do this? I mean, on a regular, consistent, day in, day out, moment by moment basis. See, John tells us over and over again uh, because, number one, Jesus commands us to do it. But number two, the world is desperately in need of love. And the way that they experience that love, is through you now we spend so much time uh, focusing on our love of god and rightly so i don't want to detract from that I, I i am glad that we as a community and 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 we as like church you know not just resurrection but like church worldwide focuses on on what it looks like to to be in a loving relationship with god um we also tend to spend a lot of time loving ourselves and, and because of those two things, sometimes we don't make enough room or enough space to look around us and say, who needs love around me? And so John, over and over and over again, just sounds this note, just shows us the same picture. It just says, hey, make sure that you make space for others. Make sure that you make space and, and look around you and, and show love to one another. Because the world is desperately in need of love. And the way the world experiences that love is through you. Pretty cool. If you look at First uh, John 4, um, there's this one word that occurs three different times. And it kind of gives us three different sections. The word is beloved. Uh, John reminds us over and over again, hey, you are loved. And since you are loved, you can be love." To the world around you amen uh, let's pray and uh, and ask god for help and at the same time be thanking him that he loves us so deeply uh, heavenly father uh, we thank you so much for showing us love uh, we thank you for for being love we thank you for uh, giving us picture after picture after picture of what love looks like would you please uh, move in our hearts and move in our minds uh, so that we're spending time, so that we're making space uh, to love other people? Uh, Would you move uh, in us in such a way that uh, the world around us, uh, our community, our family, our neighbors, our coworkers, might experience love through us, through our words, and through our actions?